This message was recorded at Devoted, a Christ Central Festival for all the family. To find out more about Devoted, please visit devotedevent.org. Good morning, everybody. Enjoying the good weather? So uh, I think a few different faces, but a few faces from, from yesterday. So uh, in case you weren't here yesterday, um, I'll just do some very brief introductions again. So uh, I'm Rob from uh, Church in Bolton, and uh, my wife Helen, who gave testimony yesterday, is on the, the second row uh, with uh, our daughter Ruth, who's here for the day, who she referred to. And uh, then we've got Joseph and Lillian uh, over from Zambia. And uh, this morning we've got Ginny, who's here with, with Stuart. Ginny's uh, going to be uh, sharing her testimony and uh, things that the Lord has taught her and wants to teach each of us, principles uh, to draw out from that experience. And uh, we'll have time uh, afterwards uh, to see what the Lord is saying to us about some particular things that we might pray into today. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, there's a number you can text uh, if you have any questions. Uh, it just fell down because I had no service all morning. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you for the couple of guys whose messages did get to me some point in the afternoon. And uh, I will text a reply if you want to text a, a question at some point. But it's not going to work to be able to do that in the meeting. And uh, just the other thing to say uh, is this website here, which I also mentioned yesterday. Uh, it's a great course that David Devonish has developed, who's the speaker at this tomorrow. And uh, if you're looking to, uh, if you've got a heart for really seeing God do more in your church and developing and training people, that would be a great thing to look at, to look for. And uh, I encourage you also, uh, there's some books on the bookstore uh, on this subject, as in all the, the life zones. Uh, okay, now as we, just before we start, and I hand over to, to Ginny, uh, when we were in the leaders' prayer meeting this morning, and uh, any of us who were in these life zones were just being prayed for. Uh, I really clearly, strongly felt the Lord give me a picture of a, a river. And you, you might have heard this illustration uh, of the, the Holy Spirit wanting to flow with, with fresh living water in our lives. But there's sometimes rocks in the way. Uh, things that have happened to us, things that we've done maybe. Uh, things that are stopping the free flow of God's life in our lives. And I, and I saw that what God wanted to do today, which he wants to do on many occasions, is to dislodge some of those rocks. And, uh, and, and first of all, I, I saw some relatively small ones, and, and the river of God's Spirit was increasing, the flow was increasing, and uh, I could see these, these small rocks being sort of pushed and, and lifted off the, the ground and carried out of the way. And, and then actually I saw some really big ones. You know, like in the north of England, you, you get big boulders, don't you? Sometimes in rivers. And uh, there was even moss growing over some of these. Those things had been there a long time. But the force of the water was so great that even those huge boulders had to move in the face of the power of God. So I really want to encourage you. Uh, that whatever things that might be in your life, uh, in your family, in your church, uh, in your workplace, God can really do anything. Yeah. Uh, it says in one of the Psalms, he, he lifts his voice and the earth melts. So I think he can, just with his little finger, push a few boulders away. And, uh, and I, I do believe that there are things in our lives 
where it's like, okay, the water's had to divert around that. Well, I want to say God's not going to divert anymore. He wants to touch you in those areas too. He wants a free flow of his spirit. So, Lord, I I pray this morning, Lord, uh, open our eyes, open our hearts, uh, open our minds, stir our emotions, Lord. Every part of us, Lord, is from you and belongs to you. Uh, We want every part of us, Lord, to be renewed in your image. Uh, and, and Lord, we wouldn't even know you unless you did open our eyes. <laughs> it's, we are utterly dependent on revelation from you. But I thank you, God, that is what you love to do. And we look forward, Lord, to you revealing more things to us today, more about our lives, primarily, Lord, more about who you are and your wonderful purposes, plans, uh, love and power for us. So help each one of us, Lord, and I particularly pray, Lord, for Ginny. Uh, Lord, may your spirit be upon her, Lord. Uh, We thank you, Lord. She will be saying just your words to speak right into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's welcome Ginny. working? Well, I find it quite fascinating the way that um, we can come to an event like this and we can hear threads of different things that God is saying and which wherever we go to a seminar or the main meeting or the morning celebration, we start hearing the same kind of thing. And so I've been encouraged by what we've um, had in the main arena this morning as we've been singing about being set free, finding our voice. And and last night, uh, at the end, we were told it's time to stop. And it's time to begin to have a voice. And I'm not going to shout or anything like that this morning, but I am going to share a little bit of my story to start with, which will have to be brief just because of the whole thing that we have to fit in and because there's so much to my story that I I can't really tell you all. Um, And the reason I'm going to share a little bit is because when I do move on and say what what we do and how we find our voice and how we combat the lies of the enemy... You know, if I just talk about that bit, people will say to me, but you don't understand. You don't understand what I've had to go through. You don't understand the things that have happened to me in life. Well, I do understand. And God understands even more. And so I want to also use a couple of the little bits that I share as a bit of a, an illustration uh, as to what happens in your thinking processes and, and the battleground that we... Um, endure in our thinking because a lot of the spiritual warfare in terms of what happens with us individually is in our mindset and how we think about things and that's where we need to win a few battles so very briefly um, I'm not posh (laughs) um, quite the opposite I come from a a very um, lowly if there's a, a lower than working class, that's it. Um, so I grew up in that kind of environment. 
And, and just to say um, very briefly, my, my father was a highly intelligent man, uh, and yet he'd never been allowed or given the opportunities to do anything with that. So he became a very frustrated man, a steel worker that had got potential for far more, but he never realised that. Married to my mum um, after a courtship by letter, and that courtship didn't show him what he found out when he got married, which was that she was full of very different difficulties. She got uh, learning difficulties, um, a narcissistic personality disorder, a histrionic personality disorder, and all sorts of weird and wonderful traits and beliefs. So although she uh, was quite a catch in terms of looks, um, she was a very difficult person to live with, and I think that was the crux of some of the difficulties. So I'm the eldest of three siblings, a, a brother and then a sister. Um, and growing up really was just a life for me. I was the eldest, and I think my mum thought of me as getting in the way between um, her partner, my dad, and her. And so she got these weird games with me and mind mind games and all sorts of rituals and things that my father never found out about um, until later in life, uh, as well as the things that happened because he would go over into a boiling rage, lose his temper, and she would endeavour to make it my fault and I would be the one that copped for that. So life as a kid was a life of physically brutal treatment so I was hit with lamp bases, belts, boots, anything that was to hand at the time when the temper blew and the volcano erupted. It was one of neglect. We were not looked after. The three of us were not looked after properly, so I kind of tried to look out for my brother and sister, though I was only a few years older than them. So we were frequently deprived of food. We weren't properly washed and so on. So we were always the kids at school that had nits in the hair. <laughs> um, apart from that, at school, I was bullied. Uh, some pretty difficult stuff there with being thrown over walls and head thrust down flushing toilets and anything else that they liked to do that was as brutal as they could think of. And um, sexually interfered with and abused by a family member and gang gang stuff. So that was a very, very brief overview, wasn't it? Emotionally, it was very volatile. It was an atmosphere of angry arguments and being the scapegoat for the entire family with things like, you're the one responsible, it's your fault. Or things like um, the vindictiveness of being locked into what was it, like a coal store um, or an outside toilet, which we had in those days. Um, sometimes being locked in there for the day and just brought out to do the chores and locked back up in there. And daily rituals and mind games. So one that I particularly want to mention, just because I'm going to come back to it as an illustration, was the fact that my mum had a daily ritual of sitting me down every morning for one hour exactly. And she would say for a, a, the whole hour, over and over again, your mental you, you need a doctor. And um, by that, obviously, she meant that I'd got some kind of mental health problem. Um, 
So that was the morning ritual before anything else happened, whether it was school or whether it was being locked up for a while, whether it was chores, that was the morning ritual. She had other mind games and other things like that. So you kind of end up being tormented by these things. The effects of this and the lies that originate out of this kind of thing start putting messages into you, like you're useless, you're stupid. Well, these were things my father said to me, you're useless, you're stupid, you're, clumsy, you're a clumsy clot. Um, and my mother with the, you're mental, you need a doctor. And she would often say, you don't really belong in this family. And she would also often say, I don't know who you think you are, you are nobody. And this stuff went on and on in me to such a pitch that by the time I was nine, I called myself Nemo, which means no man, nobody. Invisible with no voice. And so it obviously led to thoughts about suicide and what I used to call, as Winston Churchill did, the black dog of depression. Until the age of 13, I was a selective mute um, which means I didn't talk, but that wasn't because there was some mechanical problem. That was psychological. So I was a selective mute. I was disassociated. That means I wasn't kind of really with you or really there. I was unable to feel any emotion other than fear. According to the psychiatrist that I eventually saw um, in my early teens, I got hooked off to some kind of psychiatrist and my mother said she won't talk to us and they they didn't say what had happened at home um, but according to them there was no hope of seeing me achieve anything or grow up or in a manner where I could hold down a job I was assumed to be incapable left to my own devices and written off as a hopeless case and there I want to stop and say you might think you're a hopeless case or you might have a friend who you think is a hopeless case or you might be leading a church and think that person and that person is a hopeless case. I want to say in big capital letters, there are no hopeless cases. There are only people without hope. And what I want to do and what I have a heart to do is to bring hope to people so that they find a way out of the hopelessness. So, uh, to skip a whole load of stuff, <laughs> I was brought into God's kingdom, baptised in water, baptised in the spirit, and met my husband-to-be at 18 years old. I did not choose God, um, brackets, or my husband, actually. <laughs> God, God chose me. Um, I don't have to, I honestly do not have time to tell the story because this is not the important part for me, but it was a God thing. He just brought me into the kingdom and caused me to meet Stuart on the same night. After breaking out of mutism at 13, I was still not able to communicate well verbally. Conversation was in monosyllables. I was generally disassociated, withdrawn, switched off emotionally. Life was actually just a survival game. I was unable to make choices or feel anything good. And I suffered constant depression, constant thoughts of suicide. 
And actually by early 20s I was disabled physically and I had broken and damaged health. Um, that's the state I ended up in in my early 20s. After becoming a Christian at 18, after being baptised in water, after being baptised in the Holy Spirit, after prophesying, after praying for others to see them healed and seeing them healed, after exercising the gifts, after speaking in tongues, after interpretation of tongues, I'm still in this place. So why? Well, as I read the Bible... Obviously, I recognized inwardly that God was present with me. I knew he was present with me. I just knew God was with me. But as I read the Bible and I read about a relationship of peace and grace, a relationship with God who was powerful and able to do much, who cared for me like a father, I couldn't know him like that. I couldn't get to grips with him as father, as one who was kind, who was, one who was merciful. All this was outside of my experience. So that left me even more confused. Because there was a war within me as my cognitive understanding of what the Bible says about relationship with God did not match up with my feelings and was outside of my experience. Because all the enemy's lies from all that had happened, had appeared to me to be the truth. They felt like the truth. They became the truth within me. And they were the ones that led to me calling myself all those names. So I couldn't get to grips with what this relationship was, and I knew there was some kind of war inside me. I was married by 19. I was unsettled and withdrawn and suicidal and I had no ability to choose. And so eventually I had what was then called a nervous breakdown because of this battle inside. I got better from that. Then it happened again and again and again. It became a cycle of getting better and then happening again. And eventually I came to the conclusion that my mother must have been right. There was something wrong with me. And I needed to leave Stuart because I was damaging Stuart. My behavioral pattern was starting to copy that of my father's where I would bottle up and bottle up and bottle up and then this rage would spill out of me towards Stuart because nowhere else could it spill out. So I decided for his sake I needed to leave him and go and admit myself to the local psychiatric hospital because my mother must have been right all the time now at that point more stuff that I can't tell you happened and I can't tell you not because I don't want to because of time which was God stepped in and thankfully I came to a place of deliverance from all the strongholds that had set themselves up in me the supernatural intervention of God plundered the enemy's goods at that point. But a series of events over a couple of years. And a lot of the stuff that was talked about yesterday, that 
that uh, Lillian and Joseph talked about, about encountering the spirits that are blocking, that are holding you, that you need deliverance from. That's what happened to me. I needed deliverance. I needed it for a list of things as long as your arms. Um, if there was anything you can think of, I needed deliverance from. But what I want to talk about today is what happens after those moments. Because we can talk about that and we can talk about coming to a meeting like this and something happening when somebody prays. But it's not enough to have prayers of deliverance. It's not enough to respond to a word or a sermon in a moment expecting that that alone will free us from all our struggles to overcome for the rest of our lives. Now, God's big, and sometimes he does that with this thing or that thing. We're instantly freed and it's gone. But sometimes we're instantly freed, but then there's a path that we have to walk in to maintain that freedom. And so we are released into a place where we now have the power base. The enemy no longer has the power base. The power base lies in me, and now I can choose what I'm going to follow. And we can make right choices in our ongoing everyday life by walking free. So Colossians 1 verse 13 says, He rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. So Helen was talking about walking out of this dark place and into the light. And that is what happened in a moment when we came to Christ. We were transferred from that dominion of darkness into his kingdom of light. And then when we have these moments of deliverance that have held us back from experiencing that, we are fully released into that light. But we have to walk in it constantly we can end up walking back into the dark places because that's what we're used to I was used to being locked in a dark place on my own it felt safe it wasn't a safe place at all but your mind thinks it is and you go back to what you think is a safe place so this means as Christians we've shifted to this higher authority And now we have authority in Christ to be able to choose to walk in a better path. Now we can recognize the enemy's lies. Now we can overturn them with authority and the truth. The truth no longer became based on how I felt, but it became based on what God says. The strongholds had been broken. So now the power lay in my court to begin to think and behave differently. And this is what I call walking free. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit or follow the Spirit. And the Spirit will give us the enabling as we follow him. So this is not about trying to change myself. It's not trying to change my thinking. It's about following him and allowing him to change my thinking. It's about leaning on him in all my vulnerability and choosing to trust him. I cannot set myself free. 
I cannot heal myself or change myself, but praise God, he can set me free. He can heal me and change me from one degree of glory to another as I allow the truth to work within me. I can learn to walk in the light and not walk according to the darkness. So as Christians, we've been rescued from the authority of the enemy and the darkness of his dominion. He no longer has authority over us. The enemy wants to keep us in darkness if he can. He doesn't want us finding freedom because then we will bring that freedom to others. I'm stood here now trying to help you to find freedom or you help your people to find freedom. And the enemy didn't want that and still doesn't want that. So he will try all the time to pull me back into the darkness. But no, I want to reject the lies of the enemy and carry on walking in the light. He will try and keep, keep us in the dark by using fears, whether they're rational or irrational. Fears of other people. The fear of man. The fear of being hurt. The fear of being manipulated, controlled, rejected, persecuted, humiliated, and so on. The enemy will use guilt or shame, whether it's a result of something we've done or not done. And these things bind us up and become an entry point for the enemy and bring their own form of torment. And if we don't reject them after the stronghold's been broken... We can, we can keep rejecting them. If we don't, the stronghold's just going to bind us up again. So just to refer to this thing um, that was said yesterday about the things that happen in, in families, the family line. And Lillian talked about in her culture they worship other gods or they have various family traditions and they become the thing that are binding and strongholds. Well, even the ritual of my mum telling me every day for an hour had become a stronghold in me that was broken. But at that point that it's broken, I can now reject that stronghold. I can reject that thought. But I don't know how to think any differently to start with. I've always thought like that. I've always been told that. So I have to go to the word and I have to say, no, God has given me, he's given me clarity. He's given me a sound mind, the Bible says. He's given me a self-discipline and self-control. He's given me these things. I reject that thought. But he will try and pull it back all the time, even after we've been delivered. So if, you, if you've had that prayer of deliverance, and then you go away and the same things come into your thought pattern. You don't think, well, that couldn't have worked then. No, that's not the case. It works so well that the devil feels he's got to come back and send you another blast of it to try and pull you back. And so all the time, uh, over the years, ever since then, one of the things I have to throw off is the voice of my mother every morning telling me I'm mental, telling me I'm mental. You know, her shorthand for you, I have some mental health issue. Um, But you know what? She uh, passed away about six years ago. Out of all our parents, my mum lasted the longest. And um, in the last few years when she 
on top of everything else that she had wrong with her, she had Alzheimer's at the end. And um, she was in hospital, and I'd gone to see her one day. She'd had a fall, she was in hospital. And she was cowering under the sheets and crying, and, I, and I'm trying to discover what's wrong. And she says, she says, tell them to go away, tell them to go away. And I said, who? And she meant the staff. She says, they keep telling me I'm mental and I need a doctor. And in that moment, I knew that her mother had said it to her. You know, she had learning difficulties. And when she was uh, a couple of years old, her sister was born to her. And they couldn't cope with her. So she was sent to live with elderly grandparents until that elderly grandparent died. And then she was brought back to the family house with the sister who was fine. I hadn't got any difficulties. Imagine how that felt. Imagine what sets itself up. And in that moment in the hospital, I knew that that had been said to my mother for an hour every day of her life until she left home. You see... It comes down the family line. The sins of the fathers are passed down. And we don't always even understand where some of our battles have come from. But we can throw them off. And if, if we've, been, we've had that thing broken, we then have to reject them ourselves. So I have to constantly reject that, say that is not true. That's not what God says about me. This is what God says about me. And these childhood fears, they subtly refine themselves into our adult being. So my fear of my parents and the bullies at school back then grew into a fear of people in authority, such as doctors and bank managers and even, may I add, church leaders. And my fear of being shut into damp, dark places meant that I was unable to access the cellar in our home and my fear of what would happen if I didn't do the chores morphed into a fear around illness because I was sickly and ill as a child. And um, this is another one I want to just illustrate a point with later on. When I was ill as a child, I wasn't able to do the chores. Therefore, I was totally useless. And so I just got locked in my bedroom and every now and then, a tray would be pushed around the door and it would have a, a glass of something on it and a few plain biscuits and then the tray would disappear later until I got better. So I got better from things pretty well. <laughs> Apart from a couple of hospital admissions, I just got left till I got better. But that, that, that happened then morphed into this fear of being ill because if I was ill, that meant that I couldn't do all the things that I was supposed to do. And it would mean that I felt lonely and useless and not a part of the body anymore. And so I would kind of battle on through illness. You know, and I, I think, you know, some people are the other way. At the first sign of, the first sign of a fever, I've got to take to my bed. <laughs> The trouble with me was I wouldn't take to my bed when I should have took to, to, to my bed. And I would just have all these feelings of loneliness and, and so on come on me again and the, and the need to be doing because I'm only valid. My place in the body is only valid if I am doing something. And that is a lie. That is a lie. 
So these lies become truths. And this is where the feelings of rejected and shame and feeling dirty and feeling condemned and feeling useless and feeling invisible and so on. This is where they come from. But after the setting free, the power and the authority is now in me to speak back. In all these areas, I began to realize that I had no need to fear. And I could now listen to the voice that says, fear not, for I am with you. And you learn to speak up for yourself in the banks, in the shops. You learn over time to go down the cellar and you learn over time to take the rest when you should and so on. So there's no need to be blighted by the past. There's no need to be isolated by it. There's no need to allow these things to put you in a bubble where you separate yourself from everyone else. And that's what we do. We put ourselves in these bubbles and keep ourselves at a distance from everyone else. So you can be here in a crowd like this, but emotionally within you, there's a mile around you, <laughs> and no one's in that little bubble with you. Isolation is a huge ploy of the enemy. He works on us to get us to feel isolated, and then to isolate ourselves and then he can further speak lies to us and accusations to us and we isolate ourselves even more and we become trapped in a downward spiral and the lies begin to take over again. But God is about transforming us. He's about taking us from all the effects of being under the enemy's dominion, all the benefits of being under the... and bringing us into all the benefits of his kingdom authority. So Romans 12 tells us, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We are to give ourselves to him. That's our act of worship, to give ourselves to him. And as we refuse to conform ourselves to this world, which means this old man world as well that was me, the old thought patterns and the old behavior patterns, as we refuse to give ourselves to them, he will transform us by the power of his spirit at work through the truth of his word. So whilst demons can be told to go, truth has to be walked in constantly. So in my being set free in an instant from the spirit of rejection, there's been an ongoing walk of hearing the voice of God that helps me to reject rejection. His truth that declares I am a part of his body. I am chosen and called by him. I reject rejection with these things. I no longer need to... Re for him to remind me of this truth on a daily basis because that has taken over from the lie. John 18.3 says, Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And, um, ooh, I want to get time to say something about hearing his voice. <laughs> the antidote to feeling useless is not to continually listen to the enemy using my earthly father's voice, accusing me of being useless. But the antidote is neither to tell myself that I'm useful. Rather, it's to get into the truth and remind myself and the enemy of the truth that God has called me for his purpose. And therefore, neither you nor I are useless. 
Romans 8 says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Feeling like a nobody doesn't mean I tell myself, now I am somebody. No, rather, I tell myself, now I am hidden in Christ. He is the somebody, he is God Almighty, and I am hidden in him. Colossians 3 3 tells us to put on the new self, for your life is hidden with Christ in God. So it's about taking all our thoughts captive. We get hold of these thoughts that are brought to us out of our old man. The experiences of the past or the accusations of the enemy or even of others. And we refute them with the truth of God. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we don't allow the enemy to keep on twisting the truth. We do have authority to challenge him. And he, although he wants us fearful and voiceless and sets himself up as the authority in our lives, he isn't. And you know, powerful demonic spirits can be at work behind some of these lies, as we heard yesterday. One, one of the most powerful I've encountered and I lived with is the whole one that brings a control and a manipulation and is depicted in the story of Jezebel in the Bible. And I'm not going to say much about that because I, I think perhaps David might do tomorrow. But that tries to make us voiceless. That will make you mute, metaphorically or physically. And we, we have to expel it. We have to throw it out. You know, when you read the story of Jezebel, it's the ones who'd been uh, made subject to her, the eunuchs, and the ones that had been weakened. Eventually, it was those people that threw her out of the window. And if you feel weakened by a lot of this kind of stuff, you're the one that has to throw it out of the window. You're the one that has to speak back. Because God is giving you the authority to do so, and he gives you the voice to do so. And God, as we sing in the song, has the final say. And you know, I come back to the story of my mum outlining this, this every morning. Well, in the wintertime, <clears throat> uh, didn't, we didn't have central heating in the houses back then. It was one coal fire thing in a, a kind of range. But... Um, this is the 50s now, and we've got this newfangled thing called a fan heater. <laughs> so in the wintertime, as she began this ritual, she would put this fan heater on. And for the whole hour, I would stare at the fan heater until, until that hour finished. And then she would put it away. Now, what the enemy does... He sets, he sets things up in your thinking because the human mind, you know, the human mind is the most powerful thing and it's the most, it has more capacity than the biggest computer. It's fascinating. And the fact that God's done that, you know, men can only invent these things, but they can't get to what God has invented, created the mind. Um, but the mind sets up 
patterns and associations. So the devil will use that to remind you of something. Like you might hear a song and that song was playing when something terrible happened. And you hear that song and you're instantly transported to back to that terrible happening. Or you might smell something and uh, it reminds you of some wonderful thing that happened to you and smelling that transports you instantly back to that. And it's what we do with the lies of the enemy and then points that are critical. So um, only seven or eight years ago when my mum was still around, but she'd gone into a care home, my sister and I, was, we were just exhausted from the whole process of trying to look after her for a few years and respond to every midnight phone call and, and trip to the hospital at the last minute and all this. So we had a little break together for a few days and we were in a particular town in England and we were in this antique centre. And we were wandering round and she wandered off one direction, I wandered another. And then I came round a corner and just came to all this, what looked like junk, stacked on the floor. And I stood there and I stood there rooted to the spot. And um, I didn't know how much time passed, but my sister came looking for me, and there she found me just staring. And she said, are you all right? Are you all right? I was as white as a sheet. And um, as I'd looked at this pile of stuff, the very same fan heater from back then was in this pile of stuff. Seeing that fan heater activated something and I'm instantly back in my bedroom and my mum's there and I'm staring at the fan heater and I've totally, all that's going round into my head, you're mental, you, you need a doctor, you're mental, you need a doctor, you're mental. You. And that's how I was stood until my sister came. And my sister coming to find me was the point that God was able to intervene and switch off Help me switch off, you know. And um, she's saying, are you all right? Are you all right? And I just pointed to the fan heater. And um, she said, that's gone now. And I said, that's gone now. That's gone now. That's gone now. That is not true. That is not the truth. I do not believe that. That's not what God says about me. And I've gone back into my rejecting to the lie. But that's how powerful, folks, it is. And that's the kind of thing we have to do. We have to respond back with the truth, not go back to the lie. It's the lie that's wrecking your life. The truth will mend your life. The lie will wreck your life. And that's what it means to take every thought captive. You know, demonic spirits want us to remain a victim. But in God we are victorious as we hide ourselves in him who is the victor. And we challenge and we speak back to the things that have held us. And so brick by brick we demolish the strongholds. It's not in our own strength, but through relationship with him and the work of the spirit in us. It's his divine power that works in us. Jezebel, as I said, was finally brought down by those whom she had weakened. So pull down that that has been weakening you. 
pull down or help others who you see around you that seem to be hopeless. Help them to pull down those things that are weakening them and help them to reject those things and throw them out. It's time to throw things out of the window and find your voice. Declare yourself to be the new creation in Christ. So, the weapons of our warfare include the daily walking with him, spending time in his word, getting to know it, letting the power of it affect our lives. It includes prayer, learning to go to him with our cares and our difficulties, as well as to honor and praise him, and learn learn to depend on him for our needs. These things are all part of our armory. They're all part of the warfare. And they're all part of training our minds to daily overcome our old man and live as the new person in Christ that we are. And this is what's pictured in our baptism. The old has died with Christ. And now I am made new as I am raised with him. So at the core of your being... You are made completely new in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. We all rejoice with people when they get baptized. When they come up out of the water, they're a new creation in Christ. That's what's happened at the core of your being. And his spirit will help you in outworking that as you walk with him and put on the new self. You know, we are told in Ephesians and Colossians multiple times to put on the new self. Put off the old and put, off, put on the new. We're, it's a walk. And Colossians 2 Corinthians sorry, 5 says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. So we don't need to carry the baggage of our past into our future. Rather, the baggage is taken from us. It's passed away. It's left at the bottom of the baptism pool. And our future holds newness. So if you've been baptized... You can always go back to that. If you can't think of any other scripture in the Bible, when the, when the enemy assaults your thinking, you can go back to this one. I am a new creation in Christ. I have died. That died. So that's the other thing I can say. When the old rituals start running, I died. That died. Now I am a new creation in Christ. So when I'm ill and I'm tempted to soldier on and ignore it, feeling those creeping feelings of, well, you won't be doing what you ought to be doing, people will think, and all these things that come from the enemy, I can say, no, that is the old man. The old man has died. The new has come. I am a new creation in Christ. And if you've not been baptized, this is why you need to be baptized. You need to be baptized because that is telling the that is telling everyone around you, that is telling God, that is telling the enemy that you are a new creation in Christ, but above all else, you are declaring that for yourself over yourself. And too many of us don't recognize that in our thinking we are listening to the wrong voice most of the time. Anything that assails you with accusation, 
critical things, negativity, or robs you of something is from the enemy. This is how the enemy works on us. We need to learn to identify his lies and refute what he says and act on the basis of what God says, not what on the enemy whispers to us or what we tell ourselves from how we are feeling. We need to learn to speak to the enemy and speak to ourselves. So here's where I begin to sound a little schizophrenic and I start getting worried that some doctor will pop up and say, your mother was right. Um, There are various voices that speak to us, okay? So there are multitudes of voices. For instance, advertising speaks to us all the time. And most of us, it's so subliminal, most of us don't notice. But we all go out and buy the latest product because it's got into us somehow. But for this purpose, I'm going to talk about three voices. There's God's voice. There's my own voice. And there's the enemy's voice. And God speaks to us from within, but he speaks through his truth in the Bible. So he's not only within, he's without. My own voice is within me, isn't it? Within my own thinking, within my own bubble, if you like. And the enemy invades that bubble. And he can't read my mind, by the way. The enemy can't read my mind, but he knows me well because he knows what I was like as the old man and he knows what happened in my family life and he knows what I, fought, what I have fallen for before and what might work again. But God knows me, knows my every thought. But he also speaks to us from outside, from what others say to us in the church, what the Bible says what we hear in messages, what we hear in prayers, what we hear in the songs that we sing. God uses all those things to speak to us. But what happens in our thinking is we will, you know, have this thought. So I'm not very well. To come back to my little illustration, I'm now not feeling very well and I'm pressing on because, well, this might pass. Uh, and it doesn't pass, it gets worse. And then Stuart might say, perhaps you should go to the doctor. And I say, oh, you'll go to the doctor all the time. You you don't need to go to the doctor every two minutes. I'll be all right. And then maybe another week goes past. And then by this time, I'm starting to feel, because I'm also feeling ill, and don't forget the enemy has a go even more so if we are physically ill. You know, some illnesses he brings on us, some illnesses it just, it's just life, but he will get on the back of that and affect how we think and affect how we might behave. And by this time I'm feeling a bit lonely and I'm beginning to feel a bit useless because I've had to pull out of that and I've had to pull out of that and I'm beginning to feel like this is terrible And I'm starting to hear again all the old lies. Well, those old lies are in my own thinking. They're in me. They're coming up in me, but they're coming up from the old man. And this is a schizophrenic bit. In me, there's the old man and there's the new man. And the old man starts shouting even louder when these lies are going on. But the old man, don't forget, he's dead. He's buried at the bottom of the baptism pool. And so this part in me 
has to speak back to this part of me and say, I am not listening to that. I am a new creation in Christ. And then sometimes the enemy will get on the back of my thoughts. Oh, yes, nobody will want, nobody will be very pleased with you if you don't this and if you don't that. You're letting them down. If you don't, don't turn up and do that, you're letting them down. They won't want to know you. They won't ask you to do that again. That's the enemy getting on the back of how I feel. Yeah, so... Again, with the fan heater. When I saw that, my brain instantly made the connection and I felt terrible. But, you know, my feelings weren't the truth. And so often our feelings are truth to us, but our feelings are often not the truth to us. Often our feelings are lies. And I felt the old lie coming back on. And I was becoming the old man again. And then when my sister came around the corner and looked at me and said, that's gone now, I stood over here. Within myself, I stood over here and I said, yes, that's gone now. That's the old man. The old man's at the bottom of the baptism pool. That is not true. I have to take on board the truth. Do you see what I'm saying? We shouldn't be listening to the voice of the old man. We should listen to the voice of the new man and use what God has said. And God will add to that. And help us in it. Jesus was in the wilderness in Luke 4. And he spoke back to the suggestions of the enemy with the truth. He sets us an example to follow stating, it is written. So when the enemy has a go, we say, it is written. I am hidden with Christ in God. It is written, I am a new creation in Christ. King David helps us again. And, you know, we can use the Psalms in this. So in particular, Psalm 42, he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? You know, when you read the psalm, he said, this is going wrong and that's happening and my enemies are doing this. Then he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, or because of that, I will remember you, God. He's speaking to himself. And he's saying, come on, praise God, remember God. John eight thirty six says, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. We heard that this morning already. Some things are instantaneous, but many, many things are by process over time as we bring our thinking and our mindset into line with the truth. In it all, it is God who is the restorer, the redeemer of all that has been destroyed, all that's been eaten away, all that's been crushed over our past years. I know it talks about um, everything being restored that the locusts have eaten. It's a God that does that. He brings restoration. And as we choose to reject lies and follow him, reject the stronghold coming back. Keep pulling it down brick by brick. Then he redeems and restores. And we're able to then walk out of darkness. 
Walk in the light as he is in the light. It's not just learning to cope with life. It's not just coming to terms with things. It's not just a managing of my emotions. That's how the world gets through. Can I say to you, I honestly have not come to terms with the things that happened. They don't affect me now, and please don't feel sorry for me. What I'm trying to say is, I have not come to terms with it. It should never have happened. But what I can say is, I am free from it. It's not just about managing my emotions. I don't go around and I, I must manage myself now. I'm going into this situation. I must, must control myself. I must learn how to do this. I must learn how to... No, no, no. I don't need to do that. God set me free. And then walk in freedom. Walk day by day in that freedom. With God there is an end to the old broken me and the birthing of a new me and a planting and a rooting into him. That's what is transforming. We're taken into his purposes. And as we're taken into his purposes, God's about transforming communities and cultures and nations and we're meant to be caught up in that. So, if we in our own little internal world are not allowing the transformation to affect that. See what I'm saying? If the transformation of our thinking happened in each one of us to that degree, we would be a force to be reckoned with out there. We can be part of that. Having put off the old, we put on the new and we're transformed to show forth his glory and power. We have been redeemed from the empty ways of our forefathers that have been handed down to us from our, sorry, empty ways of life handed down to us from our forefathers. It says that in 1 Peter. We have been redeemed from the empty ways of life that have been handed down to us from our forefathers. You know, my mother's family, you can take it back down the generations. I never knew all of that until an older person. There was all manner of occult practices. You know what? When Joseph and Lillian speak, I love to be able to get up on the back of that and say, this is not just African stuff. This is in our culture. The trouble is in our culture because we pretend it's not there. It hides even more so. But people in our culture need deliverance from demons. People in our culture need deliverance from things that are to do with the worship of other gods. People in our culture need releasing from the power of the Jezebel spirit. People in our culture need setting free from rejection and fears of all manner of things. They're just different fears. It's not just an African thing, folks. So we have been redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to us from our forefathers, and those empty ways no longer hold us. We've been redeemed to have a voice, to walk free, to be the chosen people of God. I'm going to end it there. But I, I just want to pray for us before I hand back to Rob. If you don't mind standing.
And I want to pray in particular about this whole idea of speaking to ourselves the truth. So as I pray, I want you to think, whose voice do I listen to? Are you listening to your own commentary on who you think you are? What you think about yourself? Are you listening to your mother's voice? Your father's voice? A teacher's voice? Some old rival at school's voice? Whose voice are you listening to? Because the enemy will endorse those things that they said and cause you to start telling yourself those things about you. Well, I want you to throw them off now. And I want you to think, what does God say about me? And I want you to begin to listen to what he might say about you. And if you do say anything in this moment as I pray, I want you to afterwards write that down. And when you go back, say, this is what I'm going to take on from now on. Every time I hear that other voice, I'm going to say, this is what God says about me. So, Father, I just pray now for every one of us in this hall. And, Father, I say, will you help us to hear your voice? Father, you are in us, and you speak to us, and you use all manner of of creative methods to speak to us. I pray, Father, that you will speak to every person here in any kind of creative way you choose in these next minutes and hours and days about what you have said about them. And, Father, I just want to speak to the one, the father of... I would just ask, Father, Father, that you would cause the father of lies to cease in these moments, his work here in people's hearts. Father, will you uncover him? Will you cause people to bring to the light now the voices that they've been listening to? Whether that's the voice of legalism, of control, whether that's the voice of negativity, whether it's a voice of inability, whether it's the voice of immobility, whether it's a voice that has come from so far back you can't remember. Tell that voice now I am no longer going to listen. I declare, Father, over these people, the old has gone and the new has come. Father, thank you that each one of us is a new creation in Christ, that each one of us is hidden in him with you. Oh, Father, Father, we're taking cover now in you. Father, you have said that you have especially chosen us. From before the foundation of the world, you chose us. You chose me. You had paths determined for us even before then. You have said these things over us. You have said that we are accepted in the beloved Christ, your son. You have said that you have chosen us and seated us in heavenly realms with Christ. 
you have said we are your dearly loved children. Father, we cry, Father, open our ears to your voice and open our mouths to speak back. To speak back to the voice of the enemy. Father, we say this is a new day. We no longer are going to go, shh. But Father, we are going to shout for you. And we are going to declare the truth over one another, over ourselves. And to those who are hurting. Father, we ask you would uncover every area in our lives as we walk from here. You would begin to show us. Little by little and more by more, show us, Father, the things that we've been listening to that are total lies. And, Father, we want to we wanna shout back. We want to walk in that. We want to walk in the light and we want to walk free. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Okay, do you want to sit down just for a, a moment? And uh, uh, what I'd like to su- suggest is, I've just been, whilst listening to Ginny's wonderful story, in the sense that she got it across so wonderfully, I've been just trying to listen for any particular things I felt the Lord might be highlighting uh, out of that for, for people here. And uh, maybe some of the other guys might, might feel something as well. So what I'd like to do just in briefly is just to say those highlighted things. And then uh, when I finish saying those, if any of those apply to you, I'd, I'd just ask you to, at the end of that to stand. And then uh, I'll ask Joseph or Lillian uh, to, to pray for, for you uh, in your situations that the Lord would help you to appropriate these, these wonderful things. Um, so I've just got three or four things I felt the Lord highlighting. Just towards the end, Ginny said it's not just about like managing something, accommodating something. And, um, you know, that picture I brought at the beginning about rocks being dislodged, not leaving them there. Um, one, uh, there was uh, another lady who came to me and said she'd had a very similar picture about sinks needed to be unblocked. Uh, and and uh, for some people, you know, you've got to reach down and you've got to pull out whatever it is that's blocking. Uh, actually, in some situations, it's more like a giant fatberg, you know, that you, you, you read in the news. It's, it sort of fills a whole street, uh, the, whole, the whole sewer. But, uh, you know, that might take a bit of extra work. But you do not accommodate. God wants you to resolve now to do and to receive whatever help you need to remove those things. So that's, that's the first one. If you felt you've been just accommodating and managing, I'd like you to be responding to, to that. Uh, Ginny uh, G- said quite a lot it, about words spoken over her by, by both parents and uh, that, that, that is effectively a curse it's something that we've, we might have not been intended that way sometimes uh, we, I think in her parents it was <laughs> but, but often you know, a teacher or a parent can say something uh, you know, unwittingly and we've received it like it was a curse that, that locks us in and uh, if, if you felt something has affected your emotions or the way you uh, respond to situations, God wants to set you free from that. And like Ginny said, it's about uh, there's a stronger, more powerful word from God 
now, now said uh, over to you. That's, that's the second thing. Uh, the third thing, uh, I, I felt that um, Ginny talked about familiar responses. We're just used to responding in a certain way, in a certain situation. And we don't always realize that, that God gives us the power to be different. And, and I, I had a, a vision the Lord gave me many years ago of an equivalent thing that I was uh, locked in a dark cell. And Jesus said, unlock the door. But I was too busy feeling sorry for myself to notice that the door was now unlocked. And, and I could just push that door open really easily and, and, and walk out into the fresh air and, and the sunshine where children were playing. And, and uh, so I think for some of you, the Lord uh, wants you to, to uh, have faith that actually you can now open that door because of what, what he's done. And, and the last thing, and I, I think because of the way our culture is moving, this may especially apply to young people, but this could be to any of us. Uh, she said, our feelings are not necessarily the truth. Okay, modern thinking is what I feel I am. I can be what I feel I am, what I feel I want to be. And I'm sorry, that's not in the Bible. And there's, again, there's a greater truth. There's a higher authority who says better things about you than you might say of, of, about yourself. Um, and, and if you guys want to add anything in before we pray. Uh, okay, so if, uh, if any of those things uh, apply to you, would you like to, to stand? And uh, then we, we can pray for you. Thank you. Well done. It's not always easy saying that. You're, you're not admitting failure. You're, 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 you're declaring your victory. <laughs> so well done for doing that. Uh, okay, Joseph, would uh, you really like to pray? Great. Let's give, a, let's give another clap to Ginny. That's really poor. And I just want to honor all of you who are standing uh, because it's a moment to receive and confront things. Just on one word, confront. Every situation that needed to be dealt with, if you look in scriptures, there's always a moment where it was confronted. Now, uh, with all due uh, respect and also a lot of um, honor that I have to a lot of what God is doing through different ministries in spiritual warfare in the UK, this is the point where I find in the UK we fear the most. It's to confront it. So, even in this room, I feel there are people who've heard everything and they said, yes, I agree to everything. I'm, I'm with you. Um, one day I'll deal with this. Um, and, and then, like we heard, it just goes on and on and on until you stand up and say, right, okay, enough is enough. It's got to go now. Amen, somebody. So I honor you that are doing that. Maybe you're sitting and feeling, oh, that was me. I was putting it off. I, I, I want to just do it now. Please stand now and just deal with it. And we do that. That's the first thing. The second thing is also that as we pray, in our prayer, we do exactly that. What's the name of that book uh, again? Uh, Authority in Prayer.
It's a lovely book I would recommend with you. For deep, deep staff, he'll be here tomorrow. So just raise your hands to the Lord. Even the ones who are sitting, be with, with us in this thing. Uh, I do believe God is doing something. Lily, come. Now, you see, to pray together is not an African thing. It is a biblical thing. Pray together. Speak to one another. And there's a moment of corporate prayer where the church, we together just stand against things. But also, I feel beyond that, even as we'll be going. Now, we don't have much time. But I just have a feeling that some of you, you really need somebody just to pray with you. Now, we already decided that we won't have time during Devoted to do a lot of personal ministry as much as we want to do that. But beloved, let that not stop you from receiving from God. Amen. And if you just feel this needs prayer, um, and maybe somebody to stand with you, and it's not just the us in front, but some of you are leaders in your different context. If you can hang around just for a few moments, maybe pray with someone, that will be wonderful. Amen. So at that moment, we're going to do something that will be disruptive. Sorry, uh, Rob, but I just feel the Spirit is saying, all of you are standing, come, come here. Come here. We don't have much space. We're going to move chairs a little bit. Sorry, guys, who are facilitating for us. We just have to, I just feel the Spirit is saying that we just confront it. Is that all right? We'll just do that together. Also, this is a sign of togetherness. Is this okay? I know this is not very British because it's all nicely arranged. Uh, but um, uh, I just feel we just do the God thing, please. Uh, I know somebody's minding that projector uh, for us. Uh, that's great. In Jesus' name. Just put a few chairs away and let's make just a one line. Don't try, if it's possible, don't, don't be behind somebody. If we can stack a few chairs back, we'll put them back a little bit. Um, and just find yourself a little space on the side. It's just great. Stay in the spirit. Let us pray. Uh, We can even have some people standing in front, right huh? behind us. This way where Rob is standing, it's okay. Yeah, so we can all share the space. Close your eyes if you can. Uh, I'll just say a short prayer. Just engage with the Spirit right now. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever the Lord has pointed a finger at in your life right now, we want to declare the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He said, it is finished. It is finished. And I want you to turn that prayer and just confront it and tell it, you are finished. You can't operate in my life anymore. You have no authority. The finished work of Jesus is already done. He said, it is over. He set me free. He disarmed on the cross the powers of darkness. He disarmed the principalities and authorities and rulers. Whatever evil root is behind that situation, I command you in the name of Jesus right now to loose your hold over the situation. Right now. Right across this room. Just refuse it. Lily, come. 
Just stay there. Just stay there. Stay engaged. Something is happening right now. Something is happening right across this room as we pray. Um, can I just ask that if there's a friend or somebody in the audience who is seated, just come and stand behind someone just to support them. And uh, we'll, we'll follow what um, uh, was said yesterday. If you feel like falling, maybe just kneel down. Uh, that, will make it, that will make it easier. So those of you who are seated at the back, please just come and stand behind somebody just as a support to, to that person. Um, and please, uh, I, I apologize that sometimes when we are praying for people, they cry. Other times you may, be, you may feel like you're being sick or you might feel something shaking or anything. Please don't feel it is strange. Let's allow the move of the Holy Spirit in this place. And let's allow ourselves to deal with these issues um, uh, today in Jesus' name. So ask all of us to just uh, close our eyes and together let's say, I am a child of God. I have been born again. I am no longer the same. Jesus has bought me with his blood from my tribe and my people. He has translated me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Right now, I am a new creation. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly places far above every principality and power and authority. I declare this moment that as Jesus stood on the cross, he disarmed the works of the enemy. So today, I disarm the works of the enemy in my life. I renounce you spirit of timidity. I renounce you spirit of fear. I renounce every spirit of lies. I renounce every emotional spirit depression I renounce you rejection I renounce you not being able to accept love from God or other people today I renounce you in the name of Jesus every evil word spoken over my life I take captive of you now and I renounce you. Any weapon formed against me shall not prosper. And I condemn every evil mouth in Jesus' name. Now I want you to make that a personal prayer. 
you know what you are praying about. So we were doing that as a corporate thing of some things that Jean talked about. Now I want you to become personal and just speak to that in your personal life that you are talking to. And just say, I renounce this situation in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray to God and just renounce that. Take authority over that situation. Take authority over that situation. It could be sickness and disease. Speak to it right now. Mention it by its name. I renounce you in the name of Jesus. Family breakdown, I renounce you. Poverty, I renounce you. Infirmity, I renounce you. Weakness in my body, I renounce you. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, um, now let allow us to pray for you now. Uh, open your mouth and breathe in and out. Just breathe in and out. Close your eyes simply because you need to concentrate. And breathe in and out and breathe in the Holy Ghost. And let the Holy Ghost go and unblock that which has blocked your spiritual pipe for a long time in Jesus' name. Manderebo shakaya pakate. Ramakonde rebo siya bababa. Rebe jekete riapoposika papa. Remondo robo. Coming round, praying for you. Just continue breathing in and out and concentrate on Jesus as he sets you free. Ginny uh, and others and all those who are part of the team, uh, Rob, Helen, we're coming round as we continue praying. Just, 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 re just relax. Something's happening. People are being released. People are being set free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Those of you at the back, we'll continue just for a little while. We're watching the time, but if you need to go, feel free as others uh, are being ministered to in this moment right now. Right now. Just engage with the In the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be set free. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, yes, right now, in the name of Jesus. I don't care whether you've been there for a long time. Today is the day of release for the people of God. So be free in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over this meeting. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that every arrow of darkness sent against this meeting is disarmed in Jesus' name. Any powers of darkness gathering anywhere concerning this meeting, we disperse them in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And we declare victory in the name of Jesus. I declare right now that every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord in this place. So right now, every power of darkness, bow to the name of Jesus, bow to the name of Jesus, and let loose of the children of God. Let loose 
of the temple of the Holy Ghost right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, be gone right now. Be gone right now. Rebo sakayete. Rika bobo shika makate rebebebebebe. Ika kate robo sekete ria bobo koshikete remande rebo sete yeke rebo soto robo sete rebo sete rebo every satanic gathering of evil people against this meeting today I come I disperse you right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. Oh, yes, we declare an open heaven over this place. An open heaven over this place. Angels, come. Come, angels. Give aid to your people. Angels, come. Angels, come. Manderebos. Rekeshekete. Yekesetere mundorobosa. Yekeshika. Baba, 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 baba. Oria makaterebosa. Rebeke shendere bosa baba baba. Ria bose ketere mandara baba baba baba. Rebeke setere mondo robo shetere dede. Ria baba baka setere bobo Yes, you stronghold. Holding on to the blockage. I bind you and I command you to loose your hold. You strong man. Holding on to the blockage. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to loose your hold. Jesus who is stronger than you is in the house now. Jesus who is stronger than you is in the house now. So go right now. Go right now. Go right now. Go right now. Go. Rebosa. Keterebeshete. Riekenderebosia. Baba, baba, baba. Robo sheketere mandere bosa baba baba ba. Yes, you powers of darkness, you evil spirits, uh, I, I command you to look at the cross. Uh, the cross of Jesus, uh, the blood of Jesus has defeated you. Yeketerika basha. You can't continue holding on. You can't continue holding on. You will not continue holding on. Your time is up. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Bakashete Ramakunde Rebosa Rebeke Shekete Robokosoto Ramakate Yekeshika Hateleboshta Ramande Romondo Robosa Bababa Yekete Rebeke Shekete Remanda Rabababa. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you did not leave us like orphans. You left us with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your fire come. Oh, yes, Holy Ghost, come. Come and break, yes, the yokes of slavery. Come, Holy Ghost. Yes, come in this place, Holy Spirit. Yes, break every chain. Come, Holy Ghost, in this place. Displace the works of the enemy. Bakesete, rebejete, rakamande robosa, rabakata, rabakata, raba. Holy Ghost fire, come. Holy Ghost fire, come. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. 
Oh yes, burn every chaff. Come, Holy Ghost, and block every blocked passage. Makiabo sakata. Ramakate keshekete. Rika makanderebosa. Rebejetere baba. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Spirit. Reveal more of Jesus into our situations. Yes, come, Holy Ghost. Yenderebosa rababa. Rabakashata ramakatea bababa. Rabakaya bakata rabusa. Rebe sheketere mondorobu. Ria manderebo shekete. Ria bakasete rebosete. Ribakasete reboshete. Personality disorder. I command you to lose your hold from the people of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Rebo shakate. Reke makasia bobosa. Raba shekete remakatia baba. Reme shekete. Rebe sete rekete 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 re. Yes, right now in the name of Jesus, every evil oracle, we silence you. Yes, evil oracle, from the foundation of that family, we silence you right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, she is a new creation. He is a new creation in Christ. Ramakate. Reba shekete rebobo, rekesita romonde rebosha, rebekesete rebosa. Yes, wind from the throne room of God, blow over your people. Well, wind from the throne room of God, blow over the people of God, set them free, blow away, Holy Ghost. Yes, over the people. Yiba bajete, rebekete rekeshekete, rima kasete remondo robo shakaba, rebesete, riabakate, ramande rebo shababa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being in this place. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for doing a great work among us, the people of God. Thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus. Thank you, our Savior. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you're doing. If you're being prayed for, please, please continue. Uh, there's, there's, there's no rush. Uh, you linger as long as you want to linger for. Uh, we're not going to pray any more specific things now. Uh, Lord, we just pray. Uh, Lord, do all that you want to do. Lord, so some things that you started today, uh, we speak the, to completion, Lord God. Lord, what, you're, what you started, you bring to completion. And I pray, Lord God, whether it, it takes uh, hours or days, or weeks, whatever. Thank you, God. You are so patient with us. And uh, we, we speak these things to full fruition, Lord. Full completion. We pray protection from the enemy's lies. We just speak your peace, Lord. Your wonderful peace. Let it flow like a river, Lord. Flow like a river. Thank you, God. We are in your arms. 
safe and secure in you. As we go away from here, you are with us, Lord, in the dark valleys as well as the green pastures. Thank you, God. Give us confidence for your presence, uh, your power, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.